we all know it's coming and it's not gonna be pretty. It's great to have storable food, but when that runs out, what are you gonna do? Your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food. So I've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years. And off the bat, almost all seed companies are the same, as long as they're non-GMO, heirloom, yada, yada. But it's the following years that really concern me. So I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT, saves you 10%. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. 
I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier. Listen to the same damn message that they give it. Tell me how to feel. Tell me what's wrong. I tried to call. Pick up the phone. I'm on my own. Everybody says you coming back to man. Why the hell is it taking so long? Why do I hurt? Why is there pain? Why does everything good always have to change? Why does everybody try to profit off another man's work and destroy it just for monetary gain? Tell me all you black, all you white. I don't even really care. I just really want to know what's right. They've been saying one thing, but I've been looking in the book. And it seems like they've been lying for my whole damn life. Tell me where I'm going. Is it heaven or hell? I just hope this message greets you well. Had a dream that I was walking with the devil. Don't remember how it feels, but I swear that I remember the smell. Looked me right into my eye and told me everything I wanted could be mine if I gave up and decided to sell. But I said I'd rather die than get mine. Now I'm here. No fear, one man with a story to tell. Dear God, where were you when I needed it? When I fucked up and repeated it? When they set the bar and I exceeded it? My life is like a book that they've been judging by a cover, but I've never took the time to fucking read this shit. I remember telling you my goals and my dreams, but you didn't even answer, so I guess you didn't believe in it. I remember sitting with a gun to my head trying to ask you for some I don't want religion, I need that spirituality I don't want a church, I need people to call a family I don't want to tell my sins to another sinner Just because he's got a robe and he went to some academy I don't want to read it in the book, I want to hear it from you Don't want to learn it in my school because they hiding the truth Don't want to talk about it to another fucking human being And that's the only reason that I even step in this place Dear God How do I take this darkness and turn it into light? 
How do I believe in a concept where I speak to a man I've never seen with my own two eyes? How do I know that religion wasn't made just to separate the world and create a whole disguise just to keep us in these chains while the rich get richer and the poor pray to you and perpetuate a lie? How do I know this ain't some big joke? How can I have faith when there is no hope? How the hell does one man have a hundred billion dollars and we still have people on the street that are broke? There's a lot of things I want to talk about and get off my chest. I can't sleep because the devil won't let me rest. I used to know a fucking pastor in a church and I can still hear the screams of the kids even fucking molest. Dear God! Supposed to fear you, but you ain't said shit. So maybe it's you who actually fears me. I don't know the answer, I just wanna see it clearly. So many lies and a thousand different theories. All I wanna know is who really made religion. Cause I know it wasn't you, but don't nobody believe me. No more lies, no more death. Bring back King, bring back X. Please, dear God, let their soul rest. Protect who's left and watch their steps. Dear God, I don't wanna have to ask you again. I just hope that you know that I'm still a believer. So I'll end this all by saying amen. I am muted. Thank you. Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm trying to fix my camera. Mick screwed with it last night, and now I, I've just got my big head on the screen, and I, I don't know how to fix it. So I told him not to, but he did it anyway, and then he didn't put it back before he left for work this morning. So now my camera's all screwed up. Wonderful. Love it. Anyway. I didn't get a lot of sleep either. I was up very late with the ladies for the W7 and uh, processing podcasts in two-hour video segments so that I could run them overnight because I was having some issues downloading files last yesterday, all day. The Internet's being all kinds of weird. Here there's a big solar storm hitting, so they say. Whatever. So... That being said, the replays went very well last night. At some points, we had more people watching the replays than we had watching the live shows. That's cool. So I guess people like the overnight stuff. So I will uh, continue doing that as much as possible. Try and get ahead of it. Anyway. I hope everyone has a, uh, a wonderful, blessed day. 
it is still foggy and rainy here and kind of gross. And like I said, I didn't get a lot of sleep. But Brother Matt has a long message for us this morning. So I'm going to let him start. This is from November 28th. I'm going to let him start while I try and figure out how to fix the stupid camera. And uh, we'll be back shortly. Of course, this helps. Okay. I'll let Brother Matt start this morning. Well, hey, brothers and sisters, it's Brother Matt back with another message from the Lord. The message that I'm going to share today is from November 28th, 2023. So just early this morning. Um, uh, if you're new to this channel, uh, thank you for being here. I'm glad you found uh, this channel and I encourage you to check out the other videos that I posted here. Uh, what I do here is as the Lord gives me messages, I just share them uh, as, as he gave them to me. Um, and I try not to add anything extra to it. Uh, I just give you what the Lord has given to me. Um, I'm grateful for all of you who are subscribed and who comment and who uh, like these videos and who share these videos with others. I, uh, will encourage you today as I, as I normally do, if you have comments or prayer requests, you're welcome to put those into the, um, to the comment section under this video, you know, I will pray for you. And there are other people on the channel who will also pray uh, for you. Also, if you have just reflections, comments, testimonies you want to share, uh, put them in the comment section. That's great. It's great to see the interaction and for us to encourage each other. I um, was looking at folks who had made prayer requests uh, over the last couple of days, the last 24 hours or so. And so I just wrote some things down and I thought before I read today that I would just pray uh, for those who have um, made requests. I know some of you just have unspoken requests and that's okay as well. So, um, so Lord Jesus, in your name, uh, God, I just, I'm just grateful for what you are doing. And um, I'm thankful that you are not a God who is silent. You are a God who speaks I'm thankful that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And uh, I'm grateful for everyone that you have brought um, to be a part of the community that's growing here on this channel. And there are many, Lord, who have requests and you know them, Lord, and you know what those requests are. But just God to mention a few so that we can pray for each other. Uh, Lord, I just want to lift up Lisa. Uh, for her health concerns. And Lord, I want to lift up um, Dee um, and her daughter in particular, Lord. Uh, God, that you would set her daughter free from darkness and bring her into the light. I pray for Dolores, Lord, and uh, for our sister in India, for her daughters and for her husband, particularly that her husband would come to faith in you. Lord, I pray for Marisha in uh, South Africa, Lord, who's... Uh, struggling with some things, Lord, and for Sister Reba as well, and for Janet and her situation at work, and for another sister who mentioned that she had questions that she was wrestling with, Lord, that she needs guidance about. God, I pray you would give her that guidance. I pray for Frederico. I pray for Helen's daughter, Angie, and Lord, for all of the other requests, for all of the other brothers and sisters on this channel, 
Lord, I'm grateful for all of them. I'm grateful, um, Lord, again, for the community that you've begun to build here. So, Lord, may you move in the lives of these people that we've named. God, may you heal those who need healing. May you comfort those who need comfort. May you bring those who are in darkness to the light, Lord. May you show yourself to be the faithful, faithful God that you are. So I lift all these prayer requests up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, having said all of that, I want to go ahead and get to what the Lord has given me to share. Um, Brothers and sisters, I would ask you, um, pray for me and and, and for my wife also. We are um, not sleeping very much or very well. Um, and some of that is because of the way the Lord has been moving. And so that's good. You know, we can accept that. Um, we can walk through that. Um, but there's some other things too, which I'll, I'll talk about at the end, some, um, some spiritual warfare things. But anyway, I want to get to it. So November 28th, 2023, this is what the Lord said. I, the Lord, the maker, he who crafted this world, with his hand. He who took what was without form and gave form to it. He who spoke and it was. He who was from the beginning. He who is now and he who is to come. I, the Lord, who put on flesh and dwelt among you, through whom all things have their being and through whom all things were made. I am he. Therefore, listen and heed my word, O you peoples. The hour is near, the hour of your master's coming. And how shall he find his servants on that day? Will you be ready, O children, or will you be asleep? The time is near. Prepare yourselves for my coming day. How will I find my bride? Will she be prepared for the bridegroom's coming? Will she be adorned in holiness and righteous works? Will she be prepared for me? Or will she even be asleep? I have told you. I have warned you. I have spoken from of old. And now still I speak. Make ready, O church. Make ready, O servants of the Lord. You shall see your master coming from on high. Look for my sign, the sign of my coming. Every eye will see. This thing shall not be hidden on that day. I have not hidden from my servants what I will do. Watch and see. Watch and see, O you nations, the mighty hand of the Lord. I am bringing bringing 
a hand of judgment upon this earth. For I have weighed you in the scales, O man, and found you lacking. Do you think that my justice will not find you, O man? It is for justice that I am coming. And my justice shall be satisfied upon this earth. Turn to me, you who are wise, while there is still time for you. Turn to me, that you might wash your filthy robes and be cleansed. I have offered you a hand. I have given you a warning. I have told you beforehand these things that are to come. But you will not listen. You will not heed. You will not turn. You will cover your ears. You will cover your eyes. You will seek to hide in the depths. But there is no hiding for you on the day that I lay all things bare. Your nakedness will be revealed, O man, for I will lay all things bare. If you were wise, you would hide yourself in me. To my chosen people say, Soon I will wipe every tear from your eye. Soon I will gather you to myself. Soon you will set your anxieties and your burdens aside. Your fear and your terror will be no more. I will wipe them away in a moment. You will shrug off this mortal flesh and these earthly concerns. I will dress you in immortality. I will remove the veil from your eyes. I will gather you to myself, that you might be in the place I have prepared for you, that you might be with me, that you might sit at my table where I will drink of the fruit of the vine again with you. Be encouraged, O you saints, O my chosen ones, for your Lord is coming to you soon. All who long to see the day say, come. You who long to see my day say, come. Come, come, Lord. And so then finally the Lord said to me, finish, finish the work, declare these things and finish. And so that's the word from November 28th from early this morning now. Um, I'll tell you a few other things. <clears throat> so after this word 
um, the Lord just continued to be present with us, my wife and I. And this was maybe like about 2.30 in the morning. And um, we prayed and talked and then the Lord would say some things to us. But I had this vision of a path. And let me describe it to you. I saw a path. Um, it was white. Uh, it was like packed dirt, I guess. Um, but white, almost illuminated. And the sky all around was red and, and purple. And in the distance at the horizon where the path ended, I saw fire. Um, flame like a tower, it's like a tower of flame going up to heaven. And of course I thought of the pillar of fire by night uh, from Exodus. And I also thought of Jacob's ladder. And the skies around me were red and purple and it was nighttime, but the light um, seemingly from the path illuminated things so that I could see. Now, to the left and to the right of the path, there were thorn bushes and thorns and thistles. And um, they were black. It was like all black and shadows. And there were shapes moving in and around, moving through the thorns and the thistles. Beasts and jackals. That's what I said when I was describing it. And I saw the Lord standing up ahead near the end of the path and uh, near the flame. And he was dressed in white. He had like a hood kind of over his head and he had a shepherd's staff in his hand. And I said, um, you know, it is the shepherd. And then I saw that I was not alone on the path. My wife was there with me. And then I looked behind me and I saw a great crowd of people that were also on the path with us, that we were all on the path together. And, and this crowd stretched all the way back to the horizon that was behind us. And we were told, or we just had this understanding not to step off the path, you know, to stay on the path. But I saw people reaching into the thorn bushes and they were pulling people out from among the thorns and the thistles and the people that were, I mean, there were people in there too, I guess, with the beasts and things, and they were all in shadow. But when someone would reach in and pull someone else out, they um, were suddenly pulled into the, onto the path. And then it was like, because the light found them, then they were lightened. And, you know, we were all in white robes. And uh, that was another thing I forgot to say before but they were all we were all in white robes as we we're walking on this path together now so that was this vision uh, thing that the lord gave me it's one thing so then um a little later in the night um i had a kind of spiritual warfare encounter uh I saw a hooded man in black in my bedroom. 
faceless. And as soon as I saw him, I just immediately started shouting. I mean, was, by this time it was like 3.30 in the morning. I'm sure I woke everybody in the house up. I was shouting pretty loud. And um, this, you know, spirit, evil presence coming against us. We just immediately, in Jesus' name, get out of here. Began to cast the spirit out and um, out of the room and then to the front door and open the front door out of the house. Get out of here. Get out of here. And uh, my wife reminded me that I had a, a vision the other day, which I don't think I shared with you guys, where I had a encounter with a evil presence inside the house. And as I encountered it in the in the vision or whatever, I said, get out, get out of here, get out of here. And I chased it to the front door and it left out the front door. But on the front porch by the door, there were other, you know, evil spirits. And so when I saw them, I did the same thing. Get out, get out of here, get out of here. You know, cast them out. In Jesus name, get out of here, get out of here. And then I looked and I saw the fence line and my house doesn't have a fence line, but in the vision, I saw the fence line and at the fence line, there were all these other shapes standing on the other side of the fence and kind of looked like, um, you know, like zombies or something from a movie. Um, and I said, you know, get out, get out of here, cast, cast them out too. But it struck me because there were three levels, you know, there was inside the house, there was the doorway of the house, there was at the fence line, the boundary of the house. And so my wife reminded me of this as after we had had this encounter. And, um, and so we did something that we used to do, um, anytime we moved into a new house is we would pray through, pray through the house. And certainly we've done that in the house we're living in now. And we've done that before. And so we went through the whole house and just prayed and, um, you know, just prayed against any spirit, any unclean thing, prayed over all of our kids and, and um, prayed over my mom and, and, um, just went through every, every part of the house, went to the doorway. And then I walked the, the, the what would be the fence line of the house and just prayed again keep the defenses up. Now I know there was somebody in the comments who mentioned that um, she had a daughter who was seeing dark shapes in her house. And, and, um, you know, I, um, clearly that's an evil spirit, evil presence. And so I really encourage, so I say all of this, you know, because brothers and sisters, you know, we're, we're all under attack daily, regularly. And we have to keep our defenses up. You know, we have to continue to resist the enemy, you know, resist the enemy and he will flee. That's what it says in the word. And, and we have to struggle against, uh, you know, these, these powers and principalities. Remember, we struggle not against flesh and blood, against powers and principalities of this present darkness, right? That's Ephesians chapter six. We have to continue to struggle and fight against these things. We have victory in the name of Jesus. You know, the, the enemy is not fighting from a position of
Let's see why I'm getting interruptions here. Hmm. Let's try it again. Victory, right? He is a defeated foe. As the Lord said in another passage that he gave me, another thing he gave me, and the enemy is like a toothless lion. Like he can roar. He's looking for somebody to, to devour. But, but in Jesus' name, we have victory. And when we look at how the Lord dealt with, you know, evil spirits with a word, right? With a word. He could say, get out of here. And they have to obey his authority. So claim no authority on, on myself. Um, there's only authority in Jesus' name and by his power. And yet he said to us in Matthew 28, uh, you know, I will be with you even to the end of the age. And so he is with us, right? He gave his disciples power to cast out spirits and to do all kinds of things in his name. And so I don't think that we need to have fear. I think that we need to be strong in the battle and fight. I am not saying we should be looking for these things. We're trying to get involved with these things. We have to be very careful, brothers and sisters, that we don't, out of curiosity, delve too deeply into these things. But when they come against you or you feel like it's coming against you, pray in Jesus' name. Pray in the Lord's name that those things would flee. Uh, they have no, they have no ground to stand on unless we give them ground, right? So we have to remove the, you know, pray against any strongholds in your life, repent of sin, right? Do not allow the enemy a foothold. He is constantly looking for a foothold, and whether it is in your life or in the life of somebody in your household or something else, he's constantly looking for a foothold, and those footholds are coming at us from every different direction nowadays. And you can't even open your phone and read read the news without being, you know, encountering some terrible things that are in this world. So anyway, I say all of that um, to encourage you to continue to fight, to remember that we have victory in Jesus' name. So brothers and sisters, I'm grateful for this time with you, and I know I'm going long, and uh, you know, sorry about that. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, the Lord came early this morning and and yesterday too, and so I don't know if we're moving into a thing where it's going to be as regular as it was during Easter to Pentecost. We'll see. Um, but you know, as He gives things to me, then I give them to you. But. Um, you know, he said, finish the work. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that. So anyway, having said all of that, brothers and sisters, I love you in Jesus name. One day we will get to meet each other face to face. We will all be together and, uh, and that'll be a glorious day. So I look forward to that. And, um, my prayers are with you guys. Bless you. And, uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you, Brother Matt. Hmm. I needed that chance to obviously fix my camera. I had to call Mick. Like, How do I work the camera? Anyway. Hmm. Yesterday, after the show, 
you know, I've been writing the Archangel Substacks, trying to put them out daily. And I got to the angry message from Uriel. But this time I felt like it was really directed at me. I'd gotten the inkling the last time, but I had ignored it because I didn't want to face what I wasn't doing. So I sat down and I wrote for three hours yesterday what I'm supposed to write. Follow your path. If you are being attacked spiritually, emotionally, even physically, examine your life. Pray for protection, for healing. But examine your life. Were you told to do something and haven't done it yet? As soon as I acknowledged that this is what I was supposed to be doing, and I put away the rest of my plans for the day, it was raining out anyway. The dishes and the laundry could wait. This was more important. As soon as I did that, I felt huge relief. I felt so much better. Y'all know I was really cranky yesterday. Like stacks, how you described when you anointed your home. And yeah, that came to mind when Matt said he was attacked in his home. Remember, this is at the end of November. And those attacks have been coming more and more steadily. First to the messengers, then to their chosen, now to all the chosen. Anoint your homes. I asked Gabriel about that. I asked him, we should be anointing our homes with oil. And he said, no, you should anoint it with the blood of the lamb. Lamb's blood. I said, well, lamb's blood doesn't really come very easily these days. It's not like you can just go out and slaughter sheep. He said, well, that's the problem with your society. I said, great. Will oil work? If you pray over it, yes. It's a matter of faith. So, that being said, since Matt went late, I don't want to go late this morning. Let's pray before we get into the second book of Chronicles. Dear God, thank you for giving us the strength, the strength and energy to do everything we need to do to prepare for your return. For we know it is nigh. It's coming very soon. Thank you for sending us your messengers to show us our path, to tell us your word, to give us instructions, to bring us back to faith. Thank you for giving us ears to hear those words and eyes to see your signs, the discernment to be able to sift the lies from the truths, and the courage to be able to speak those truths to people, to everybody, to try and bring them back to you. God, we thank you for softening the hearts of those 
that we would so love to join us on our path, this path that we're all on. Would that we could pull them out of the brambles and the thickets and set them firmly on their rock of stone in faith. God, I thank you for our animals who show us every day what unconditional love is and what it is to live for you alone. I thank you for our children whose innocence and curiosity reminds us of what we're fighting for. Help us to keep them safe. I thank you for my husband, my rock, who answers the phone at 8.30 in the morning during my show because he knows I'm having an issue. I thank you for all of our friends and family, one and the same. Those who've been with us for most of our lives, those who we've met along this path. Most of all, God, I thank you for life every single day. Please grant healing to those who are sick and in pain, especially Ben. A lot of our chosen are physically attacked right now. Keep your body safe as much as your soul and your mind. God, we ask, we pray for your protection in these tumultuous times as we prepare for your return. So. Yesterday, we finished the first book of Chronicles, talking about David at the end there. And now we're getting into the second book of Chronicles, Solomon. The second book of Chronicles. Whoa. Hold on, girl. I hate it when that happens. My computer just went wonky. I know you can't see it, but I can. Technical attacks as well, but this one from the arm of my microphone. And now my audio is out of sync. All right. There we go. Now I'm caught up. Okay. It's the second book of Chronicles. And Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom. And the Lord his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. Then Solomon spake unto all Israel, to the captains of thousands and hundreds, and to the judges, and to every governor in all Israel, the chief of the fathers. So Solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for there was the tabernacle of the congregation of God, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. But the ark of God had David brought up from kirjath Jerim to the place which David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. Moreover, the brazen altar 
that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. And Solomon and the congregation sought unto it. And Solomon went up thither to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. In that night did God appear unto Solomon, and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast shown great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge, that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this thy people, that it is so great? And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet hast asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people, over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall there any after thee have the like. Then Solomon came from his journey to the high place that was at Gibeon, to Jerusalem, from before the tabernacle of the congregation, and reigned over Israel. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen, and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots, and twelve thousand horsemen, which he placed in the chariot cities, and with the king at Jerusalem. And the king made silver and gold at Jerusalem as plenteous as stones, and cedar trees made he as the sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt, and linen yarn, the king's merchants received the linen yarn at a price, and they fetched up and brought forth out of Egypt a chariot for six hundred shekels of silver, and an horse for a hundred and fifty. And so brought they out horses for all the kings of the Hittites, and for the kings of Syria by their means. Chapter 2 And Solomon determined to build an house for the name of the Lord, and an house for his kingdom. And Solomon told out threescore and ten thousand men to bear burdens, and fourscore thousand to hew in the mountain, and three thousand and six hundred to oversee them. And Solomon sent to Hiram the king of Tyre, saying, As thou didst deal with David my father, and didst send him cedars to build him an house to dwell therein, even so deal with me. Behold, I build an house in the name of the Lord my God, to dedicate it to him, and to burn before him sweet incense, and for the continual showbread, and for the burnt offerings morning and evening, on the Sabbaths, and on the new moons, and on the solemn feasts of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. And the house which I build is great, for great is our God above all gods. But who is able to build him in house, seeing the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then that I shall build him in house, save only to burn sacrifice before him? Send me thou now therefore a man cunning to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in iron and in purple and crimson and blue and all that can skill to grave with the cunning men that are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem, whom David my father did provide. 
Send me also cedar trees, fir trees, and algum trees out of Lebanon, for I know that thy servants can skill to cut timber in Lebanon, and behold, my servants shall be with thy servants, even to prepare me timber in abundance, for the house which I am about to build shall be wonderful great. And behold, I will give to thy servants the hewers that cut timber, 20,000 measures of beaten wheat, and 20,000 measures of barley, and 20,000 baths of wine, and 20,000 baths of oil. Then Hiram the king of Tyre answered in writing, which he sent to Solomon, Because the Lord hath loved his people, he hath made thee king over them. Hiram said, Moreover, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, that made heaven and earth, who hath given to David the king a wise son, endued with prudence and understanding, that might build an house for the Lord and a house for his kingdom. And now I have sent a cunning man, imbued with understanding, of Hiram my father's, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan, and his father was a man of Tyre, skillful to work in gold and in silver, in brass and iron, in stone and in timber, in purple and blue, and in fine linen and in crimson, also to grave any manner of graving, and to find out every device which shall be put to him, with thy cunning men, and with the cunning men of my lord David thy father." Now therefore the wheat and the barley, the oil and the wine, which my Lord hath spoken of, let him send on to his servants, and we will cut wood out of Lebanon, as much as thou shalt need, and we will bring it to thee in floats by the sea to Joppa, and thou shalt carry it up to Jerusalem. And Solomon numbered all the strangers that were in the land of Israel, after the numbering wherewith David his father had numbered them. And they were found an hundred and fifty thousand, and three thousand and six hundred. And he set threescore and ten thousand of them to be bearers of burdens, and fourscore thousand to be hewers in the mountain, and three thousand and six hundred overseers to set the people a work. Chapter 3 Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father, in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And he began to build in the second day of the second month, in the fourth year of his reign. Now these are the things wherein Solomon was instructed for the building of the house of God. The length by cubits after the first measure was three square cubits, and the breadth twenty cubits. And the porch that was in front of the house, the length of it was according to the breadth of the house, twenty cubits, and the height was an hundred and twenty, and he overlaid it within with pure gold. And the greater house he sealed with fir tree, and he laid overlaid with fine gold, and set thereon palm trees and chains. And he garnished the house with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was gold of Pervaim. He overlaid also the house, the beams, the posts, and the walls thereof, and the doors thereof with gold, and graved cherubims on the walls. And he made the most holy house, the length whereof was according to the breadth of the house, twenty cubits, and the breadth thereof twenty cubits. And he overlaid it with fine gold, amounting to six hundred talents. And the weight of the nails was fifty shekels of gold, and he overlaid the upper chambers with gold. And in the most holy house he made two cherubims of image work, and overlaid them with gold. And the wings of the cherubims were twenty cubits long. One wing of the one cubit was five cherub was five cubits, reaching to the wall of the house. The other wing was likewise five cubits, reaching to the wing of the other cherub.
And the one wing of the other cherub was five cubits, reaching to the wall of the house. And the other wing was five cubits also, joining to the wing of the other cherub. The wings of these cherubims spread themselves forth twenty cubits, and they stood on their feet, and their faces were inward. And he made the veil of blue and purple and crimson and fine linen and wrought cherubims thereon. Also he made before the house two pillars of thirty and five cubits high, and the chapiter that was on the top of each of them was five cubits. And he made chains as in the oracle, and put them on the heads of the pillars, and made an hundred pomegranates, and put them on the chains. And he reared up the pillars before the temple, one on the right hand and the other on the left, and called the name of that on the right hand Jachin, and the name of that on the left Boaz. Chapter 4. Moreover, he made an altar of brass, twenty cubits the length thereof, and twenty cubits the breadth thereof, and ten cubits the height thereof. Also, he made a molten sea of ten cubits from brim to brim, rounding compass, and five cubits the height thereof, and a line of thirty cubits did compass it round about. And under it was the similitude of oxen, which did compass it round about, ten and a cubit, compassing the sea round about. Two rows of oxen were cast, and when it was cast, it stood upon twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, and three looking toward the west, and three looking towards the south, and three looking toward the east, and the sea was set above upon them, and all their hinder parts were inward, and the thickness of it was in handbreadth, and the brim of it like the work of the brim of a cup, with flowers of lilies, and it received and held three thousand baths. He also made ten lavers. And put five on the right hand and five on the left to wash in them. Such things as they offered for the burnt offering they washed in them. But the sea was for the priests to wash in. And he made ten candlesticks of gold according to their form and set them in the temple. Five on the right hand and five on the left. He also made ten tables and placed them in the temple. Five on the right hand and five on the left. And he made an hundred basins of gold. Furthermore, he made the court of the priests and the great court and doors for the court and overlaid the doors of them with brass. And he set the sea on the right side of the east end over against the south. And Hiram made the pots and the shovels and the basins. And Hiram finished the work that he was to make for King Solomon for the house of God. To wit, the two pillars and the pummels and the chapiters which are at the top of the two pillars and the two wreaths to cover the two pummels of the chapiters which were on the top of the two pillars and 400 pomegranates on the two wreaths, two rows of pomegranates on each wreath to cover the two pummels of the chapiters which were upon the top of the pillars. He also made babes. He also made bases and lavers made he upon the bases, one sea and 12 oxen under it. The pots also and the shovels and the flesh hooks and all their instruments did Hiram his father make to King Solomon for the house of the Lord of bright brass. In the plain of Jordan did the king cast them in the clay ground between Succoth and Zeratatha. Thus Solomon made all these vessels in great abundance, for the weight of the brass could not be found out. And Solomon made all the vessels that were for the house of God, the golden altar also, and the tables whereon the showbread was set. Moreover, the candlesticks with their lamps, that they should burn after the number before the oracle of pure gold, and the flowers and the lamps and the tongs made he of gold, and that perfect gold. 
and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold and the entry of the house, the inner doors thereof for the most holy place and the doors of the house of the temple were of gold. That concludes chapter four of the second book of Chronicles. We will pick up with chapter five tomorrow. Don't forget. Yes, Dr. Pyro, there is still time to change the path, to change the road you're on. If your life has gone to shit, look for the signs. Listen to what God is telling you to do. Set your feet as stone in faith in God. Let him show you the way and your life will get better. Liana's coming up next, both here and on her channels, of course, on pilled.net and on Rumble. Check her out. Mick and I will be back tonight, 5.45 for the pre-show, 6 p.m. for the start of the regular show. And then at 9 o'clock tonight, this show will replay. So if you missed the first part or you want to share it with someone else, it'll be back on at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then last night's Patriot Party podcast will be on after that. And then Leanna's show from yesterday will be on after that. Running us right back in tomorrow's Good Book at 8 a.m. So with a couple breaks here and there we're almost running a 24-hour stream these days so tune right in here so thanks for watching y'all i pray you all are safe and blessed in the shadow of god's wing until he returns for us which should be sooner rather than later so i hope you all stay blessed have a wonderful day and i'll see you on the flip side Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm supposed to go to my mom's and paint her laundry room this morning. But the teenager's car is not working, which is actually my dad's car that he gave him. So uh, I was like, just take the truck. Because, of course, my best friend has my car. For, I don't know. She's supposed to bring it back tomorrow. So now I'm without a vehicle. So I called my dad. I was like, if you want me to come paint, you need to come here and pick me up or jump the truck or something. Come retrieve me because I'm not going anywhere otherwise. So it normally wouldn't be a big deal, but they took everything out of the laundry room for me to paint. My mom would like to do laundry at some point soon. So that's okay though. We rolled the punches because we're blessed, right? We talked last week about the value of life. You remember? Here's the answers to those questions. Well, let's start what those questions are. We've talked about it a bit. Let's see. The value of life. Who gives your life value? Or who values your life? What is life's value? Where is life's value found? How do you value your life and how is life valued? Why? The answer to those questions, according to Uriel. Life is valued by God. Anyone who puts a value on another's life 
is often corrupted by their own perception of value. The value of life is a perception made with or without love. It can be found anywhere and nowhere. I do not know how life is valued. I am but a man and it is not my place to judge or measure. To ask why is only questioning your very existence. So, <clears throat> while you answer the five questions to each test, do not presume your answers have any significance, but to better your understanding of yourself. You have successfully described who you are and given your testament on the value of life. As you seek your spirit and soul that thrives within you, do not fail in doing your best to answer these questions on your weekly test. We move on to the third. Test number three. Many times I have heard most of you describe yourself as blessed. Many more times I have heard you give blessings to your loved ones or those that you cherish as friends or family. Sorry, big ruckus going on outside. So I ask all of you for this third test to answer the five questions while describing being blessed or giving blessings. Who deserves blessings? What does it mean to be blessed? Where do you find blessings? Or is that a place you find yourself that you give blessings more often? How is a blessing received? Do not answer the question with how you bless someone, but answer it based on how you receive the blessing if and when you do. Why is being blessed important? I'll let you think about that while I let Matt talk to us here because I think something's chasing my chickens outside. Well, hello, brothers and sisters. It's Brother Matt back with another message from the Lord. The message I'm going to share to you today, actually there's two. One is from May 29th, 2023, the day after Pentecost. And uh, if you've been following me for a while, you know I have already posted all of the messages the Lord gave me between Easter and Pentecost. But the day after, on May 29th, the Lord gave me a very short little message. But there's something in this message that I feel like maybe is for somebody out there. And so, uh, so I want to post that. Uh, today. I'm also going to read to you the message from June 11th, uh, which the Lord gave me. And uh, this one's a little interesting because uh, we were actually camping uh, when this message came. And I was in the tent late, late at night and, uh, and woke up and the Lord uh, gave this to me. So I'm going to read that to you as well. If you are new to this channel, I do encourage you to check out the other videos that I posted so you can see uh, the things that the Lord has been saying, which I've been sharing here. Uh, what I do is as the Lord gives me these messages. I just uh, read them to you just the way that they are. I, I don't add any explanation to it. I don't add any interpretation to it. When I read it on here, I just give you uh, what he gave to me. And I pray that the Lord will give you discernment and wisdom through his Holy Spirit to help you understand maybe what it means and how you should apply it. So uh, if you're new to this channel, please do subscribe and please do like uh, these videos. Please do comment on these videos. Uh, I'm always uh, 
amazed at uh, this community and the way people have supported each other, the way people pray for each other. And uh, you are always welcome to put your prayer requests into the comment section and I will pray. And I know many other people will pray too. I, I often, uh, you know, pray over these requests and, and share these requests for other people to pray as well. Um, please do continue to pray for my wife and I and for our family. Uh, I, I did definitely felt the prayers that you guys sent my way for sleep last week. And my wife could use that too. So if you would pray that she would sleep well, that would be great. Sleep is, uh, is much needed. So um, having said all of that, I'm going to go ahead and start. And this is the message from May 29th. I, the Lord, will speak, and you will listen. I will not be silent until I have finished all that I have to speak. Behold, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Be my hands and feet. I have set you upon a path that you might walk in it. I am assembling everything that you need, even now. I have raised up partners for you in this work, some of which are yet to be found. Whether I speak or whether I am silent, I have promised that I would be with you always until the end of the age. Be assured, O oh my servant, my hand is upon you. I will surely do it. So that is the message from May 29th. And now I'm going to go ahead and continue into the message from June 11th. June 11th. I, the Lord, will speak. Hear my voice. You have witnessed my handiwork, the work of my hands. I have written my name in the skies. And the earth itself bears witness of me. Soon the nations will know that there is a God in heaven. They will know me by name when I come, when my great host comes in power and great majesty. What you have believed by faith, soon you will see with your own eyes. The heavens are mine. The earth is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, the one who was and is and is to come, I told you this road would be a hard road. I will soften the hearts of the children. I will make the hearts of the children return to their fathers and mothers. And I will turn the hearts of the fathers and mothers to their children again. You will come joyfully into my house together as one. Watch and see what I will do. Listen to me and follow my word, my command. I will guide your way. I will light your path. Only remain faithful to me, to your first love. I will remember your faithfulness to me. I will remember my promises to you and to your family. See, I am not a silent God. I am a living God, and I will speak. I will use your mouth. You have only to speak what I give to you. I am here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
even if I am silent for a while. Know my hand is upon you and is upon your family. Soften your heart. Soften your words to these children. I am gentle and lowly. I am the good father. Your harsh words will not turn their hearts towards you. Rather, ask of me, and I will turn the heart of these children towards you again. I have made a way for you. Do not fear your provision. I will train you as my prophet. Be faithful. Watch and see. My mighty work is just beginning. So uh, that is the word that the Lord gave on June 11th and uh, previously the one for May 29th. Brothers and sisters, I hope all of you are well. Look forward to uh, bringing some more things to you later this week and probably another live stream. And um, yeah, so God bless and uh, appreciate all of you guys. Praying for all of you guys and I'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you, Brother Matt. I was right. The neighbor's dogs was dog, hound dog was back in the enclosure chasing the chickens. But he saw that she was out, so he drove right down and came and got her. I'm running around outside in my pajamas and my slippers going, dog, don't you kill my chickens. I will beat you. She's not, she just likes to play with them. But chickens have very delicate constitutions. So sometimes that play can turn lethal really quick. So, hmm. that's okay. Everybody's okay. If a little traumatized. Sometimes I feel like that's how we're all going to feel at the end of, when we come to the end of whatever this is. Everybody's okay. Just very traumatized. In fact, I want to play one other thing for y'all. I hope I still have it up here. I think I do. Nope, not that one. Yeah, here we go. This will just take but a second. I started out as this celestial being, this just energy. And the universe or God or whomever said, hey, do you want to go to Earth for an incredibly short amount of time, like a blip, and experience every emotion that you could possibly feel as a human? You get to have all these experiences, love, heartache, anxiety, joy, euphoria, whatever, all of it. Do you want to do that? Yeah, I do. And so when I am feeling these intense feelings, it's sort of like a reality check to step outside and say, although this is a very uncomfortable, painful feeling, it's quite beautiful that I have the capacity to experience it. 
that is sort of something that I use to ground myself when I am stuck in a feeling of darkness. So, do you believe that you're here for a purpose? That you chose to be here in this time, in this place, for a reason? That you were given the choice before you ever even came? Maybe most of your life has been spent figuring out what your purpose is. And now it all seems to be coming clear every day. So let me ask you these questions again. Who deserves blessings? Every soul made in the image of God. What does it mean to be blessed? Does it mean that you've been chosen by God? Or maybe you've chosen God, you've used your free will, and put your faith in God. Where do you find blessings? You only find blessings in God. Even if you don't say God bless you, when you say bless you, it's implied. Right? Is there a place that you find yourself that you give blessings more often? In church? Here on the show? In Publix? I know that sounds like a weird thing to say. And my audio is off again. Man, this is so annoying. Hold on. Okay. There we go. I don't know why. In Publix, but not public, like the grocery store Publix. I usually say it back to someone who says it to me. That's probably why. How is a blessing received? When you say, bless you, or God bless you to someone, or have a blessed day, how is that received? Do people give you a weird look, run away? Do they say it back? How do they, how do you, okay, sorry. Do not answer the question with how you bless someone, but answer it based on how you receive the blessing, if and when you do. Usually I say it back. When someone says it to me, I say it back. It's like when someone says, may the force be with you, I say, and also with you, because I'm well-trained Catholic from early. Why is being blessed important? If you're not blessed, what are you? So I'll leave you to ponder those questions. Oops. Of course, we'll pray before we get started here. Dear God, 
Thank you for giving us the strength and energy to do everything we need to do to prepare for your return and keep our daily lives going at the same time. Thank you for sending us your messengers, for giving us ears to hear, eyes to see. Thank you. For our animals, who teach us about unconditional love. Thank you for our children, whose innocence shows us what we're fighting for. Thank you for my husband, my rock, keeps me sane and blessed. Thank you for all of our friends and family, for everyone here more and more every day. Thank you for showing us our path to you. Thank you for coming back. Please make it soon. But most of all, thank you for life. Every single day, thank you for life. So, we are in the second book of Chronicles, chapter five. Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated, and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the, the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast, which was in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark, and they brought up the ark and the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. These did the priests and the Levites bring up. Also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him before the ark, sacrificed sheep and oxen, which could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, to the oracle of the house, into the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark with the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves of the ark, that the ends of the staves were seen from the ark before the oracle, but they were not seen without. And there it is unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put therein at Horeb, when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. For all the priests that were present were sanctified, and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, of Judathun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them an hundred and twenty priests surrounding with trumpets. 
It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Chapter 6 Then said Solomon, The Lord hath said that he would dwell in thick darkness, but I have built an house of habitation for thee, and a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king turned his face and blessed the whole congregation of Israel, and all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of God, I chose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build an house in, that my name might be there. Neither chose I any man to be ruler over my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build an house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to David my father, For as much as it was in thine heart to build an house for my name, thou didst well in that it was in thine heart. Notwithstanding, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son which shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house for my name. The Lord, therefore, hath performed his word that he hath spoken. For I am risen up in the room of David my father, and am set on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And in it I have put the ark, wherein is the covenant of the Lord, that he made with the children of Israel. And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands. For Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long, and five cubits broad and three cubits high, and had set it in the midst of the court. And upon it he stood and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in the heaven nor in the earth, which keepest covenant and showest mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee with all their hearts. Thou which hast kept with thy servant David my father, that which thou hast promised him, and spaketh with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled it with thine hand, as it is this day. Now therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father, that which thou hast promised him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit upon the throne of Israel, so yet so that thy children take heed to their ways to walk in my law, as thou hast walked before me. Now then, O Lord God of Israel, let thy word be verified, which thou hast spoken unto thy servant David. But will God in very deed dwell with the men on earth? Behold, heaven and the heavens of heaven cannot contain thee. How much less this house which I have built. Have respect, therefore, to the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee that thine eyes may be open upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof thou hast said that thou wouldest put thy name there, to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant prayeth toward this place. Hearken therefore unto the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which they shall make to get towards this place. 
Hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven. And when thou hearest, forgive. If a man sin against his neighbor, and an oath be laid upon him to make him swear, and the oath come before thine altar in this house, then hear thou from heaven, and do and judge thy servants, by requiting the wicked, by recompensing his way upon his own head, and by justifying the righteous, by giving him according to his righteousness. And if thy people Israel be put to the worse before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall return and confess thy name, and pray and make supplication before thee in this house. Then hear thou from the heavens, and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again onto the land which thou gavest to them and their fathers. When the heaven is shut up, and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray toward this place, and confess thy name, and turn away from their sin, when thou dost afflict them, then hear thou from heaven, and forgive the sins of thy servants and of thy people Israel, when thou hast taught them the good way, wherein they should walk, and send rain upon thy land, which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. If there be dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, if there be blasting or mildew, locusts or caterpillars, if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man or of all thy people Israel, when every one shall know his own sores and his own grief and shall spread forth his hands in this house? Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and render unto every man according unto all his ways, whose hearts know thou, hearts thou knowest. For thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men that they may fear thee to walk in thy ways so long as they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. Moreover, concerning the stranger, which is not of thy people Israel, but has come from a far country for thy great name's sake, and thy mighty hand and thy stretched out arm, if they come and pray in this house, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for that all people of the earth may know thy name and fear thee and doth as thy people Israel and may know that this house which I have built is called by thy name. If thy people go out to war against their enemies by way that thou shalt send them and they pray unto thee towards the city which thou hast chosen and the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou from the heavens their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. If they sin against thee, for there is no man which is sinneth not. And thou be angry with them, and deliver them over before their enemies. And they carry them away captives unto a land far off or near. Yet if they bethink themselves in the land, whither they are captive, carried captive, and turn and pray unto thee in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have done amiss, and have dealt wickedly. If they return to thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whither they have carried them captives and pray toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers and toward the city, which thou hast chosen and toward the house, which I have built for thy name. Then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications and maintain their cause and forgive thy people, which have sinned against thee. Now, my God, let I beseech thee, thine eyes be open, and let thine ears be attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord, Lord God, into thy resting place, 
thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, turn not away from the face of thine anointed. Remember the mercies of David thy servant. Chapter 7 Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house, and the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of twenty and two thousand oxen and an hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. And the priests waited on their offices, the Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord, because his mercy endureth forever. When David praised by their ministry, and the priests sounded trumpets before them, and all Israel stood. Moreover, Solomon hollowed the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings, because the brazen altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings and the meat offerings and the fat. Also at the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great congregation, from the entering in of Hamath unto the river of Egypt. And in the eighth day they made a solemn assembly, for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. And on the three and twentieth day of the seventh month, he sent the people away into their tents, glad and merry in heart for the goodness that the Lord had shown unto David, and to Solomon, and to Israel his people. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord, and in his own house he prospered. Prosperous, prosperously affected. I don't know why I couldn't say that word. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me, as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom, according as I have covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel, 
But if he turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land, which I have given them, and this house, which I have sanctified for my name, will I cast out of my sight, and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. And this house, which is high, shall be an astonishment to everyone that passeth by it, so that he shall say, Why hath the Lord done this unto this land and unto this house? And it shall be answered, because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them forth out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon them. Chapter eight. And it came to pass at the end of 20 years, wherein Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house, that the cities which Haram had restored to Solomon, Solomon built them and caused the children of Israel to dwell there. And Solomon went to Hamath Zeboah and prevailed against it. And he built Tadmor in the wilderness and all the store cities which he built in Hamath. Also he built Beth Haran the upper and Beth Haran the nether, fenced cities with walls and gates and bars and Baloth, and all the store cities that Solomon had, and all the chariot cities, and the cities of the horsemen, and all that Solomon desired to be built in Jerusalem, and in Lebanon, and throughout all the land of his dominion. As for all the people that were left of the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which were not of Israel, but of their children, who were left after them in Israel, whom the children of Israel consumed not, them did Solomon make to pay tribute until this day. But of the children of Israel did, did Solomon make no servants for his work, but they were men of war and chief of his captains and chief of his chariots and horsemen. And these were the chief of King Solomon's officers, even 250 that bear rule over the people. And Solomon brought up the daughter of Pharaoh out of the city of David onto the house that he had built for her. For he said, my wife shall not dwell in the house of David, king of Israel, because the places are holy, whereunto the ark of the Lord hath come. Then Solomon offered burnt offerings unto the Lord on the altar of the Lord, which he had built before the porch, even after a certain rate every day, offering according to the commandment of Moses on the Sabbaths and on the new moons and on the solemn feasts three times in the year, even in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and in the Feast of Weeks, and in the Feast of Tabernacles. And he appointed, according to the order of David his father, the courses of priests to their services, and the Levites to their charges, to praise and minister before the priests, as the duty of every day required, the porters also by their courses at every gate. For so had David the man of God commanded." And they departed not from the commandment of the king unto the priests and Levites concerning any manner or concerning the treasures. Now all the work of Solomon was prepared unto the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord and until it was finished. So the house of the Lord was perfected. Then Solomon went to Azin Geber and to Eloth at the side, the seaside in the land of Edom and Haram sent him by the hands of his servant ships and the servants that had knowledge of the sea. And they went with the servants of Solomon to Ophir and took thence 450 talents of gold and brought them to King Solomon. Chapter nine. 
And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem, with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendants of his ministers and their apparel, his cupbearers also and their apparel and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, it was a true report, which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not their words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me, for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne, to be king for the Lord thy God. Because thy God loved Israel to establish them forever, therefore made he thee king over them to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices, great abundance and precious stones. Neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon and the servants also of Haram and the servants of Solomon, which brought gold from Ophir, brought algum trees and precious stones. And the king made of the algum trees terraces to the house of the Lord and to the king's palace and harps and saw trees for the singers. And there were none such as seen before in the land of Judah. And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, beside that which she had brought on to the king. So she turned and went away to her own land, she and her servants. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 603 score and 60 talents of gold, beside that which chapmen and merchants brought together. And all the kings of Arabia and governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon. And King Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold. 600 shekels of beaten gold went to one target. And 300 shields made of beaten gold. 300 shekels of gold went to one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. And there were six steps to the throne with a footstool of gold, which were fastened to the throne and stays on each side of the sitting place and two lions standing by the stays and 12 lions stood there on the one side and upon and the other upon the six steps. There was not the like made in any kingdom and all the drinking vessels of King Solomon were of gold and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver. It was not anything accounted of in the days of Solomon. For the king's ships went to Tar Tarshish with the servants of Huram. Every three years once came the ships of Tarshish, bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes and peacocks. And King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom that God had put in his heart. And they brought every man to his presence. Vessels of silver and vessels of gold and raiment, harnesses and spices, horses and mules, a rate year by year. And Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots and 12,000 horsemen 
whom he bestowed in the chariot cities with the king of Jerusalem. And he reigned over all the kings from the river, even onto the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. And the king made silver in Jerusalem as stones and cedar trees made he as the sycamore trees that are in the low plains in abundance. And they brought onto Solomon horses out of Egypt and out of all lands. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon first and last, are they not written in the book of Nathan, the prophet and in the prophecy of Ahijah, the Shilonite and in the visions of Edo, the seer against Jeroboam, the son of Nebat and Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over Israel. 40 years and Solomon slept with his fathers and he was buried in the city of David, his father and Rehoboam, his son reigned in his stead. Chapter 10 and Rehoboam went to Shechem for to Shechem were all Israel come to make him king. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was in Egypt, whither he had fled from the presence of Solomon, the king, heard it, that Jeroboam returned out of Egypt. And they sent and called him. So Jeroboam and all Israel came and spake to, Jer to Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore ease thou somewhat the grievous servitude of thy father and his heavy yoke that he put upon us, and we will serve thee. And he said unto them, Come again unto me after three days. And the people departed. And King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men that had stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, saying, What counsel give ye me to return answer to this people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou be kind to this people, and please them, and speak good words to them, they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which the old men gave him, and took counsel with the young men that were brought up with him, and stood before him. And he said unto them, What advice give ye that we may return answer to this people, which we have spoken to me, saying, Ease somewhat the yoke that thy father did put upon us. And the young men that were brought up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou answer the people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it somewhat lighter for us. Thou shalt say unto them, my little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. For whereas my father put a heavy yoke upon you, I will put more to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, as the king bade, saying, Come again to me on the third day. And the king answered them roughly, and King Rehoboam forsook the counsel of the old men and answered them after the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add thereto. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So the king hearkened not unto the people, for the cause was of God, that the Lord might perform his word, which he spake by the hand of Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. And when all Israel saw that the king would not hearken unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? And we have none inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to your tent, O Israel. And now, David, see to thine own house. So Israel went to their tents. But as for the children of Israel that dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Hadaram, that was over the tribute, and the children of Israel stoned him with stones that he died. But King Rehoboam made speed to get up to his chariot and flee to Jerusalem. 
And Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. And that concludes chapter 10 of the second book of Chronicles. We'll pick up with chapter 11 tomorrow. Remember that the good book starts at 9 a.m. tomorrow as it's a Saturday. And I like to sleep in just a little bit. I could have done it today, but no. So, Liana's coming up next, right here. Same party channel, same party place. Stay right here. She literally comes up like as soon as we get off. Uh, if you're watching on the Rumble channel, that is. Or go watch on her channels. Pilled.net is the place to be on the foxhole. Um, or her Rumble channel over here as well. Mick and I will be back at tonight at 5.45 for the pre-show, 6 p.m. for the start of the regular show. And uh, and then we have replays playing tonight as well. So I hope you all are blessed, safe and secure in the shadow of God's wing until he returns for us. So thanks for watching, y'all. I'll see you on the flip side. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Mm, Saturday, Saturday. It's going to be a fun day. Lots going on. It's our day of rest, right? On the seventh day, God rested. And so should we. Yes, I'm, I believe as the seventh day Adventists do that Sunday is the first day of the week and Saturday is supposed to be your day of rest. But that's just me. Believe what you want, what you will. So good morning to everybody. It is Saturday. And I only got up a little bit ago. But I have a sick chicken, or rather an injured chicken. You know, some uh, the neighbor's dogs got into my enclosure, well, into my chicken run the other day, three days ago. Yeah. And, uh, and back in again, yesterday morning during the good book, I came running out there while Pastor Matt was speaking. But uh, the first day after or the first day of the dog attack, I saw her sitting in the duck house. Now everybody lays there eggs in the duck house these days, whatever. That's where they've chosen. They move their nest every, whatever, few weeks or so. But right now it's in the duck house. So I didn't really think anything of it. And I talked to her for a little bit. And um, But I generally try and leave them alone while they're laying their eggs. You know, no one likes to be bothered when they're on the shitter. So, uh, and I saw she was, like she, it looks like she'd lost a couple feathers from the dogs, but I didn't realize how bad it was. She was turned away from me. Like she was turned the other side. And then the next day, I was uh, cooking macaroni and cheese with Liam, which we'll watch today on Freedom Gardens. And I got out late after dark to put the birds up. And so, you know, I just, everybody's already in. Chickens put themselves up at night. I just had to close the door, really put the ducks in, close the door. And then when I went out yesterday morning, she was still in the duck house, but now she'd turned. 
and I could see a puncture on the top of her back. And it looked like half her, like her wing had been ripped off or almost like it was, I wasn't even sure if she could move it. So I uh, pulled her out and looked at her. And of course it was right before the show. So, but she'd lived that long. So after the show, I went and grabbed her. It's best to do it at night anyway. Best to vet chickens at night because they are sleepier, easier to handle. So I grabbed a towel, grabbed her out. She was easy with a towel and brought her in and gave her an Epsom salt bath and put some hydrogen peroxide on her punctures, which actually was good because she didn't like that. She extended her wings all the way out. Well, at least she could do that. And, uh, and I was able to see the underside where a whole panel of skin was ripped off and still hanging on. I honestly, I cannot believe this chicken. And then a puncture room right above it. I cannot believe this chicken even survived that. Honestly, she's got a heck of a heart. But this morning, so she spent the night in, in Liam's room and, uh, in a chicken cage and chicken infirmary. She's starting to smell like a chicken that you've left out in the sun a little too long or left out a little too long. So just a hint of infection. I put some silver on there too. And uh, this morning she was better. She was up and moving around and I gave her some parakeet food. Figured it'd be easy for her. Um, you know, chickens eat anything, but she hadn't eaten in a few days. So gave her some parakeet food, gave her some water, of course. And uh, she's doing better. But when I went to let the birds out, the other birds out of their enclosure, first thing her friend Opal did was hop down off her perch and go over to the duck house. Again, I pulled her at night so everyone was sleeping. And she went looking in and she was like, where'd she go? She was really upset. I said, it's okay, Opal. She's, she's inside. She's getting better. She'll be back in a few days. She was going in and out looking for her friend, questioning, yelling. I do have a point to this, by the way. I'm not just rambling, I promise. And then just now, I'm listening at the same time as I'm talking to you. You know, I have, I can see the, the pond and the duck enclosure out there where the chicken run, the port part of it anyway, out the studio window. And uh, my smallest duck, Campbell, standing on the, the shore of the pond, screaming her little hat off because the other three left her behind. Because her mate was killed at the beginning of the spring. So they don't really always pay much attention to her. And she's the smallest. And she lays her eggs in the morning where everybody else lays in the afternoon. So she's usually laying when they all decide to get up and get moving. And then she gets left behind. So she stands on the shore and yells. And I have to go call the ducks so they come back for her. Don't leave your friends behind. Keep an eye. Keep an eye on those that are with you. If you don't see someone for a while in the chats, in the good book, the Patriot Party, wherever, lie on a show, 
If you don't see someone for a while, ask, reach out, send them a DM, text them, call them. Because if you don't, they may be gone and you'll never know. So don't leave anyone behind. We don't leave anyone behind. If they're with us on our path now, they're with us till the end. Keep an eye. Keep your friends close. Keep your brothers and sisters in Christ closer. Because we're all being attacked. Everybody's under attack, spiritual, mental, and physical. A lot of people are under attack. And the only way for us to get through it is to help each other. Sometimes it just can be a text message, a phone call, a DM. Just let someone know that you're thinking about them, that you're checking in on them. Hey, it's been a couple days. You all right? Where you been? You okay? You good? Just thinking about you. It's that easy. It's not that hard. It'll get harder later, but for now, for now we need to cement those bonds between us. It's a very large rock of faith and we don't want anyone falling off. So don't leave anyone behind. Our friend, brother Matt, put out a pretty long message last night. So let's listen to that before we get started. Here we go. Hey, brothers and sisters, brother Matt, back with another message from the Lord. This message is from January 26th, 2024. Uh, started with a dream, much like the message from a few days ago. And then there's some word from words from the Lord and a, and a vision also, some vision kind of elements here. So um, I'll share all that with you in a minute. <clears throat> if you're new to this channel, check out the other videos that I've posted. You can see the other things that the Lord's given me to share. I just give you what he gave me as best I can without adding a lot of explanation uh, or additional interpretation to it. If you have prayer requests, uh, put them in the comment section so I can pray for you. And so other people on the channel here uh, can pray for you too. Um, there's a Substack where I publish these words, you know, the, the written version of everything. You can go and look at that and you can read the transcription and, and see the, the footnotes with the Bible cross references and stuff that are there. All that stuff's available to you there. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and get into it, guys. I'm not feeling great. Uh, so let me just do my best to get through it. Uh, so here we go. January 26, 2024. Like I said, it started with a dream. And in the dream, 
my wife and I were staying with someone, a friend, and my wife and the woman uh, that we were staying with, they were in the kitchen, like working on dinner. And I decided I felt really anxious and I really needed to go out. And um, I wanted to go to, uh, actually, I wanted to go in my, in my mind, what I was imagining is I wanted to go to a comic book store. I've collected comics since I was a kid. Don't really follow comics super closely now. So it's kind of interesting, but it's very like on, you know, on brand for me, I guess, because growing up, anytime we would ever go anywhere new, I always looked to see if there was a comic book store there. And that was something I always liked to do. So in this dream, um, we're at this friend's house. We're not at home. We're staying with somebody. And then I just, it's like, I really want to get out. And I, and I, you know, found that you wanted to go to this comic book store that was in a mall or something. Um, so I told him I was going out. I didn't want to tell him where I was going. And um, when I was trying to go out, I couldn't find my socks or my shoes. Um, and so I had to wear somebody else's socks and somebody else's shoes to go out, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. Um, mine weren't there. And I guess, you know, that just emphasized that I wasn't at my own house. So I'm wearing somebody else's socks, socks and somebody else's shoes. And I, I leave and I go to this mall, like a shopping mall. And I walk inside and it's, this is like one of those indoor malls, like, um, you know, used to be more popular in the past, had a very tall ceiling. And when I walk in on the right-hand side, there's a bank of elevators and there's a little door next to the elevators. And for whatever reason, I go through this door. And so then I'm in like the mechanical side of the elevator um, where I can see the elevator shaft and I can see the actual uh, elevator machines and all their uh, machinery and stuff there. And there's a man who's on top of the ceiling um, or the roof of one of the elevators. And he um, tells me to come up there. And so I climb up on top of this elevator uh, and I'm in the elevator shaft with this man. And um, he's trying to show me that in this shaft, you can hear voices. Um, and there are voices, like loud voices speaking out. They're all saying different things. You know, they really felt like there were dozens of voices, um, you know, but it's not like we were just hearing the voices of people in the elevator. It's like we were hearing um, like disembodied voices or I, the, the way I understood it in the dream is I felt almost like it's like spirit voices. Um, it reminded me of, you know, I've seen sometimes uh, this isn't something I really watch, but I've, I've seen and heard about it is that like on the ghost hunter type shows, they have a like a machine where they pick up frequencies and they sometimes hear, you know, claim that they hear voices through that um, on like those paranormal type shows. Um, and so that's kind of what it was like. It was like you were hearing, I was hearing these voices coming through in this shaft, in this elevator shaft. Um, but the voices were clear. Um, I couldn't hear anything specific that the voices said, but I could hear the voices. They were all around. And the man that I was up there with kept saying, I don't know what this is, but I know that it's real. And he almost sort of, his attitude was like, this was a miraculous thing, like a supernatural, certainly, but also kind of a miraculous thing. 
in the dream, as this was happening, and the man is telling me this, I was not interested at all in what this man was saying. And I saw what was going on as just a distraction. And so I wanted to ignore it. And so I climbed down uh, off of the elevators and I, and I left the man and I went out the door and I came back into the mall because, it, it, you know, I, you know, my rationale in the dream was like, I didn't want any distractions. I just wanted to go do what I wanted to do. You know, I just wanted to go to the shop and look for comic books and, and whatever. And so I didn't care about this other thing that was going on. I, I, I tried to ignore it. So I walk into the mall and I turn the corner. And when I turn the corner, that opens up into like this large hallway, you know, like lots of malls, at least in, in the U.S. It's, it's like a big, long hallway with shops on either side. And so that's what it was like. I, I turned the corner into this big opening uh, in the mall. And there I saw dozens of people who were like levitating in the air, um, floating in the air, basically. I mean, I guess they weren't floating because they were in place, but they were levitated up in the air and there were men and there were women and there were children and there were dozens of them. Um, it was like I, I turned the corner and I walked up on this bizarre supernatural scene. Um, and the people in the air seemed kind of dark, kind of shadowy. Um, but I knew that they were just like regular people who were being pulled into this experience. And then suddenly I started to find myself being lifted up into the air. Um, and I was lifted up several feet off the ground. All of the people around me were lifted up maybe six, six feet or sometimes maybe eight feet off the ground, I guess is what it seemed like. Um, and as I was being lifted off the ground, I felt immediately that this was not okay, uh, that this was not a good thing, that this was not, um, you know, it's not like the rapture and was not from the Lord. That was how I felt inside. And, and so immediately I started to pray in Jesus' name against this thing that was happening to me where I was being lifted up. And as I started to pray in Jesus' name, slowly I started to be kind of lowered back down to the ground. Um, you know, everybody in the mall and everybody who was experiencing this thing saw it as like a miracle. Um, but for me, I, I knew that it was not right. I knew that it was something false. I didn't want to be a part of it. Um, and so as I prayed against it, I was lowered down to the ground. And then I just immediately went back to what I was there to do, which was to go to the shop. And so I went into the shop. And as soon as I get in there, the shop owner's there. And I guess I'm kind of interacting with him. And I'm looking for whatever I came there for. But I had the feeling of like, I don't even remember what I came in here for. I don't even know why I came here. This was a total waste of time. You know, it, it could not recall why I was there, what I was looking for. And so then I felt like this pressure, well, I've got to, you know, buy something. And so I'm looking around, but the owner, the shop owner wants to engage with me about what's going on. And as he's talking to me, I realize this is, this is not a person that's saved. Uh, this is not a person that knows the Lord is, you know, this is not someone with spiritual eyes to see. And so he starts to try to describe what he thinks is happening. And he kind of is describing it like, well, maybe 
you know, the mall was buried on like a burial ground or some, you know, like that's kind of his idea is that it's ghosts related or, or something like that. And so even though I, I felt kind of agitated and anxious and I, it's like, I did not want to engage with the guy. I felt like, well, I need to somehow try to share with him. And so I start kind of trying to make a bridge to the gospel with him. And, you know, what I actually said in the dream was I started talking to him about something called soul ties, which is, you know, something that I heard somebody talk about years and years ago. I haven't really even thought about since then. Um, but that's like related to, you know, how sin can maybe bind you to a person. Um, yeah, it's not even something like I really have strong feelings about, but that's for whatever reason, that's what I was sharing to the guy about thinking that perhaps that would open, you know, an opportunity maybe to share with him. But the whole time, um, you know, it, it didn't really open up in any kind of conversation. I didn't want to engage with what was going on. I just like wanted to ignore this whole, you know, weird miracle, weird situation and just kind of get on with, with my own thing. Um, so then I woke up and um, when I woke up from the dream, uh, the spirit of the Lord was immediately on me. And, um, and then the Lord began to speak. And this is what the Lord said. He who sits in the shadow of the most high and takes shelter under his wing shall not be shaken on the day of great shaking. For he will find his rest in the house of the Lord. I, the Lord, the Holy One, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he who was from the beginning, he who is Alpha and Omega, through whom all things are made, sustainer of all things, the author and perfecter, the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven, he who is coming again to judge the living and the dead. He who suffered on the cross for your sin. He who was buried in a tomb. He who was raised on the third day. He who ascended into heaven in the sight of many. He who is coming soon to judge the living and the dead. He who gathers his remnant. The conquering king. The faithful one the shepherd of the sheep. He who is called the door, the way, the truth, the life. He who is the light unto men, the only way by which men are saved. He who is coming soon in power and great majesty. It is I who speaks to you. Therefore, listen to me and heed my words. So then I saw a vision and in the vision, I saw a person dressed in fine clothing, a man um, dressed almost like in a tuxedo type, like a, like a suit. And he was walking in a line. It seemed like maybe the line was illuminated somehow, but it was darkness all around him. And when he got to the end of the line, there was a door that opened in the darkness. But when the door opened, it was still dark where the door was like, I could just barely kind of make out the outline and like a deeper shadow. And when that door opened, he was met by someone dressed in black 
with a white mask uh, over its face. And the, the man and this thing that met him were standing in this doorway. And the person in the white mask put like shackles on the man's wrist, chains, and began to lead him away. And the man resisted. Um, he didn't want to go where this thing was trying to take him. But, you know, in, in my mind, I thought he's being taken away to perdition. Um, now, these things that I saw, this this creature that was guiding him, um, only the face was visible. And it looked like a mask, like a, like a white mask. But the face was like, um, kind of like what you would typically associate with like an alien, uh, you know, like the, the, you know, that very classic image of what aliens look like um, that we see in, in uh, you know, in all kinds of media and stuff. That was kind of what the shape of the mask was and sort of what the face looked like. And then the other thing that I recall is that it was, it was wearing like this black covering, but I could tell that the shape underneath it was not like a human shape. It was kind of misshapen, like it had a long neck and a wide body. Um, it didn't seem like it was in proper human proportion. Now, this reminds me of a dream that I had back in December with the seven, um, the seven evil spirit things. It was, it was very similar, except for that in this, this being that was taking the man off was dressed in black. And before the, the, the seven evil bride shapes were all dressed in, in white. Um, so this, this creature drags this man off, takes this man off through this doorway. So then I see, uh, it's like the scene shifted. And then I see these two doors that have opened in front of me and great darkness beyond. And I'm being pulled towards these two doors, thrust towards them. Like I can feel myself kind of rushing towards them. I can't resist it. I'm being pulled and pulled and pulled towards it. And, you know, immediately I thought, I'm going to see perdition. I'm going to see what's happening here. And I don't want to, I didn't want to see it. And I, so I like just actively resisted um, really out of fear, I would say, because I didn't want to see it. Um, I didn't want to know what was on the other side of that door. Um, you know, I didn't want to see into the pit. Um, and so what happened was that instead I saw um, a dry land, like a, uh, like a parched, uh, this is how I described it when I wrote it down, but a parched land and something like a, uh, like a mountain. And the mountain was made up of these tiny stones, um, almost like grains of sand, but, but thicker than grains of sand. And it was very bright. Um, so bright, in fact, that it was, it was almost like a sunny day when it's snowed outside and the sun is reflecting off the snow. And so it's so bright, it's almost impossible to see. It's almost like washed out in the light. And there was like a high peak where this mountain was. And I see hands trying to climb up this mountain. And the hands keep grasping at these stones. And as they grasp at them, the stones come loose and the hands slip and they can't move forward very easily or very quickly or like as they move forward they begin to slide down and um gosh it's gotten so hot in here um the hands are all beaten up bloody the fingers are bloody and broken from trying to climb up this mountain um so 
the people just keep slipping and I see their fingers, uh, their bloody fingers as they're trying to climb. And so then uh, I said, there is a chasm, a gulf that lies between, it cannot be crossed. It is the abode of those who are left to the outer darkness. So then I saw another scene. And in this scene, it was uh, a valley. I've seen this valley before, I think. Um, and the valley uh, had grass on the bottom and small stones and huge dark mountains all around, uh, like on either side. And there was rich um, green grass, you know, on the, on the floor of the valley. And there was this fog, this thick fog that was set over the valley. And I could see, this is what I said, I see the souls of men wandering about like a sheep. Like a sheep without a shepherd. They have lost their way. And then the Lord began to speak again. And this is what the Lord says. I am he who goes after the lost sheep. I am he who leaves the 99. Listen to me. O oh, you children of the Lord, for the hour is late and the time is coming soon. Therefore, be my fellow workers and like a shepherd, help me to bring in the sheep. I will raise up a harvest among you. For the time of the harvest of the earth has begun and the sower and the reaper shall rejoice together. I, the Lord, am doing this thing. You who are looking for me, come and join me where I am at work, and you shall see me. You who long for me, you who would hasten the day of my coming, come and join my work. Put your hand to the plow and live as stewards of my mysteries. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you shall bear much fruit. Do not turn to the right or to the left, but stay on the path I have set before you, that you might finish the work I have apportioned unto you. So that is uh, that is all the Lord said. Um, that's kind of the end of the vision thing that he gave me. That's, that's what he gave me. Um, so, yeah, brothers and sisters, I just... Uh, just pray for you, pray for all of us that we can be faithful uh, until the day that we can be about the Lord's work and that we can go after his lost sheep. Um, it's funny because after the Lord said this, it reminded me of something um, from when I lived overseas. I, uh, I worked with a guy and, and very, you know, very committed to evangelism. And he, uh, he would challenge us to go and share the gospel at least five times a week. Um, and, and, you know, that gave us the intentionality of looking for opportunities to share. I think sometimes that we don't share because we don't have the intentionality to share the intention to share, you know, we go out and we're doing whatever we're doing, you know, just like me in the dream. Um, don't want to, you know, I'm on my own mission. I'm not really looking to be interrupted. Um, but I think a lot of times evangelism is like that too, that we don't, we don't have the intention of looking for those opportunities and because we're not actively seeking and asking for those opportunities to share, 
um, we don't often find them because we're not looking for them. So it, ha having heard all of this from the Lord and everything this morning, it just, it just made me really think about how I need to be more committed to evangelism in my own personal life here where I live. And I, and I say that to you guys as a challenge also, um, you know, let's be intentional. Let's pray and ask the Lord to give opportunities for us to share the gospel. Uh, let's, let's be mindful and let's, let's be looking. And, um, you know, I believe the Lord does want to to co-labor with him and um and you know we are stewards of his mysteries so let's be faithful to what he's given us brothers and sisters i love y'all i'm grateful for y'all again put prayer requests in the comment section and uh, i'll be with you again next time god bless let's get into business thank you brother matt now my audio is off hold on hold on y'all Let's stock my camera real quick. Okay, there we go. That's better. So I had not heard that message before this morning, before I talked to you all about reaching out to your friends, not letting anyone fall behind or stray from our path. I love it when the Lord does that. Because again, I didn't think about what I was going to say before I sat down here and started talking. I really rarely do, or when I do, what I think about I'm saying doesn't actually come out of my mouth. So I stopped thinking about it. I just sit here and talk. And then Matt's message was the same. I had a dream last night as well. And I don't, again, I've just started dreaming again in for the first time in years. But I had a dream. I was in my kitchen and a woman I didn't know came in. In the dream, I knew her, but in real life, I didn't know her. Like I've not met her yet. But she came in and she was like, I heard you've been talking shit about us. And she was dressed as a soldier. I said, no, I don't know you. Like I knew her in passing, but I didn't really know her. I said, I don't know you. Why would I talk about you? And I'm an army wife. We stick together. There's a code. We don't go against each other in public. That wouldn't happen. And she said, I know. Okay. I just wanted to check. And then I offered her some eggs and she left. It was a weird dream and I don't know what it means. And yet somehow I feel like it fits in with Matt's dream and not leaving people behind. So, and yes, Polka Dot, I know very, it's, it's very difficult for brother Matt. And when I see him really struggling, usually while he's speaking on our show, I, email him, reach out, offer him words of encouragement, send him something to watch or listen to, 
because I know how hard it is. I've seen my husband go through the same things and others as well. So. Part of my job is to counsel them. As part of your jobs is to counsel and encourage the ones around you. Don't let them fall away. Let your faith in God reassure them that it is real and he is coming back very soon. The hour is very late. There is so much work to do and not much time left to do it in. So that being said, let's pray before we get started. Because I do want to finish the second book of Chronicles by next Saturday so that Sunday we can do a special show. Anyway, dear God, thank you for sending us your messengers, for letting us know what needs to be done before you return, for giving us the strength and energy to accomplish everything we need to do before you return. Thank you for giving us ears to hear your words, eyes to see your signs, the discernment, to be able to sift the lies from the truth, the courage to speak that truth, to speak your word to everyone around us so they don't stray from that path. Thank you for our animals. Dear God, I ask that you please spread your wing of healing over my sweet chicken, Emmy. She's got a great big heart. Thank you. Because our animals teach us about unconditional love every day and courage and how it is to live for you alone. Thank you for our children. My children were totally game to deal with the chicken last night. She's in Liam's room because it's the most private room of the house that the dogs least go into. And Connor walked in from work into Liam's room and he said, why is there a chicken in the bath? And I told him what was going on and he came over and petted her and gave her some love. So thank you for our children. They remind us every day what we're fighting for. Thank you for my husband, my rock. He keeps me on my path every day. Thank you for our friends and family, for all of those you've brought to us. We ask, dear God, that you please soften the hearts of those that we're still trying to reach so they can join us on our path back to you. But most of all, God, thank you for life. 
this beautiful day. Thank you for life in this beautiful place. We have a lot of work to do, but at least we have a beautiful place to do it in. Appreciate what's around you. So, let's get started. We're in the second book of Chronicles, which is about Solomon. And now Rehoboam. And then if you remember, Israel rebelled against the house of David with Rehoboam. So chapter 11, the second book of Chronicles. And when Rehoboam was come to Jerusalem, he gathered of the house of Judah and Benjamin a hundred and fourscore thousand chosen men, which were warriors, to fight against Israel, that he might bring the kingdom again to Rehoboam. But the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak unto Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all Israel and Judah and Benjamin, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not go up nor fight against your brethren. Return every man to his house, for this thing is done of me. And they obeyed the words of the Lord and returned from going against Jeroboam. And Rehoboam dwelt in Jerusalem and built cities for defense in Judah. He even built Bethlehem and Etam and Tekoa and Bethzur and Shoko and Adulam and Gath and Marishah and Ziph and Adorium and Lachish and Azakah and Zorah and Ajelon and Hebron, which are in Judah and in Benjamin fenced cities. And he fortified the strongholds and put captains in them and store of victual and of oil and wine. And in every several city, he put shields and spears and made them exceeding strong, having Judah and Benjamin on his side. And the priests and the Levites that were all in Israel resorted to him out of all their coasts. For the Levites left their suburbs and their possession and came to Judah and Jerusalem. For Jeroboam and his sons had cast them off from executing the priest's office unto the Lord. And he ordained him priests for the high places and for the devils and for the calves which he had made. And after them, out of all the tribes of Israel, such as set their hearts to seek the Lord God of Israel, came to Jerusalem to sacrifice unto the Lord God of their fathers. So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and made Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, strong three years. For three years they walked in the way of David and Solomon. And Rehoboam took him, Mahalath, the daughter of Jeremoth, the son of David, to wife, and Abigail, Abihail, the son of Eliab, the son of Jesse, which bare him children, Jeush, and Shemariah, and Zaham. And after her, he took Machah, the daughter of Absalom, which bare him Abijah, and Ataiah, and Ziza, and Shelemeth. And Rehoboam loved Machah, the daughter of Absalom, above all his wives and his concubines. For he took 18 wives and threescore concubines, and begat 28 sons and threescore daughters. And Rehoboam made Abijah, the son of Machah, to chief to be ruler among his brethren, for he thought to make him king. And he dealt wisely and dispersed of all his children throughout all the countries of Judah and Benjamin unto every fenced city 
and he gave them victual in abundance, and he desired many wives. Chapter 12. And it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. And it came to pass that in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord with 1,200 chariots and threescore thousand horsemen. And the people were without number that came with him out of Egypt, the Lubims and the Sukkums and the Ethiopians. And he took the fenced cities which pertained to Judah and came to Jerusalem. Then came Shimea the prophet to Rehoboam, to the princes of Judah that were gathered together to Jerusalem because of Shishak, and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Ye have forsaken me, and therefore have I also left you in the hands of Shishak. Where among upon the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves, and they said, The Lord is righteous. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shimea, saying, They have humbled themselves, therefore I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they shall be his servants, that they may know my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took all. He carried away also the shields of gold, which Solomon had made, instead of which King Rehoboam made shields of brass and committed them to the hands of the chief of the guard that kept the entrance of the king's house. And when the king entered into the house of the Lord, the guard came and fetched them and brought them again into the guard chamber. And when he humbled himself, the wrath of the Lord turned from him that he would not destroy him altogether. And also in Judah, things went well. So King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. For Rehoboam was one and 40 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Nama and Ammonitus. And he did evil because he prepared his heart not to seek the Lord. Now the acts of Rehoboam, first and last, are they not written in the book of Shemaiah the prophet and of Edo the seer concerning genealogies? There were wars between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually, and Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, and Abijah his son reigned in his stead. Chapter 13. I lost my bookmark. There we go. Now in the 18th year of King Jeroboam began Abijah to reign over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. And Abijah set the battle in array with an army of valiant men of war, even 400,000 chosen men. Jeroboam also set the battle in array against him with 800,000 chosen men, being mighty men of valor. And Abijah stood up upon Mount Zemariam, which is in Mount Ephraim, and said, Hear me, thou Jeroboam and all Israel, ought ye not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him and his sons by a covenant of salt. 
Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, is risen up and hath rebelled against his Lord. And there are gathered unto him vain men, the children of Belial, and have strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and tender-hearted and could not withstand them. And now ye think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David, and ye be a great multitude. And there are with you golden calves, which Jeroboam made for you for gods. Have ye not cast out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and have made you priests after the manner of the nations of other lands? So that whosoever cometh to consecrate himself with a young bullock and seven rams, the same may be a priest of them that are no gods. But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. And the priests which minister unto the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites wait upon their business. And they burn unto the Lord every morning and every evening burnt sacrifices and sweet incense. The showbread also they set they in order upon the pure table and the candlestick of gold with the lamps thereof to burn every evening. For we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but ye have forsaken him. And behold, God himself is with us for our captain and his priests with us sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you. O children of Israel, fight ye not against the Lord God of your fathers, for ye shall not prosper. But Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come about behind them. So they were before Judah, and the ambushment was behind them. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind. And they cried unto the Lord, and the priests sounded with the trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout, and as the men of Judah shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. And Abijah and his people slew them with a great slaughter. So there fell down slain of Israel 500,000 chosen men. Thus the children of Israel were brought under at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed, because they relied upon the Lord God of their fathers. And Abijah pursued after Jeroboam, and took cities from him, Bethel with the towns thereof, and Jeshanah with the towns thereof, and Ephraim with the towns thereof. Neither did Jeroboam recover strength again in the days of Abijah, and the Lord struck him, and he died. And Abijah waxed mighty, and married fourteen wives, and begat twenty and two sons and sixteen daughters. And the rest of the acts of Abijah, and his ways and his sayings, are written in the story of the prophet Edo. You guys got anything important to do? I don't. I think I'm going to keep going a little longer, if you don't mind. Chapter 14. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was quiet ten years, and Asa did that what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also, he took away out of all the cities of Judah, the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest 
and he had no war in these years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore, he said unto Judah, let us build these cities and make them about make about them walls and towers, gates and bars. And while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000 and out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 200 and fourscore thousand. All these were mighty men of valor. And there came out against them Zerah, the Ethiopian, with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots, and came on to Marishah. Then Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zapath at Marishah. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether this, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God. For we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar. And the Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host. And they carried away very much spoil. And they smote all the cities round about Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them. And they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of cattle and carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. Chapter 15. And the Spirit of God came upon Araziah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season hath Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance. And when they saw that the Lord his God was with him, so they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, seven hundred oxen and six thousand sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul, that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. 
And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest round about. Also concerning Macha, the mother of Asa the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burned it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated, that he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and vessels. And there was no more war onto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. I'm going to finish up there today. The end of chapter 15 of the second book of Chronicles. We will pick up with chapter 16 on Monday at 8 a.m. Heather and I will be back this afternoon at 2 p.m. for Freedom Gardens. And I think in between there, I might put up an old show. An old true spiracy, find one that's around three hours, three and a half hours and play it through. So if y'all are bored and have nothing to do, come check it out because we're trying to get content up here pretty much all the time for you. So, and then Mick and I'll be back tomorrow for true spiracy at 2 PM. And, uh, I have absolutely no idea what we're talking about yet, but it'll come to me. Don't worry. Yeah. Freedom gardens at 2 PM Eastern. Mick and I will be back at 2 p.m. tomorrow for True Spiracy. And then our next live show is The Good Book Monday at 8 a.m. So until then, I pray that God keeps you all safe and secure in the shadow of his wing until he returns. Thank you all for watching. Have a great day. Happy Saturday. I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah, I'll look for something good for some something woo for you, Brian. Have a great day, y'all. Chill, don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, baby, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate, separate and segregate. Don't celebrate quite yet, the storm is coming. Cue for heaven's sake. Violence that they demonstrate, instigate and penetrate. The values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force. Forcing us to sit and wait Till we come together, congregate, and then we liberate Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate Marching on these streets of blood Till I see the golden gates Troubadour and troubled souls One of God's servants Blades out, cut the grass till we see the serpent oh, one day I hope you see the truth This puppet show stays on because of you
swallow, just digested. Suspected something's going on, but chose to just neglect it. Deflected by some breaking news, oh, we just accepted. Expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objective, but I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Credit in the testament, these children are protected. So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Refuse to be directed, lying, not a sheep. Only kneel to my God, so I'm dying on my feet. Uh, silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. I've been rolling with the punches, I can't take it on the cheek. Uh, drink from a glass half full, I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome my position, or I'm gonna start resisting and then I pray for forgiveness. This puppet show stays on because